Teaching may not be everyone's cup of tea, but when artist Tina Hotchkiss was asked to teach kids, the experience literally changed her life. She found herself drawn to sharing more of her skills and the sheer joy of making art. From cutting out things from cardboard boxes with her kids, she now shares her experience and gifts not just with kids but people from all walks of life. Listen as we dive into art as a continuous journey of learning, the misconception between acquired skill and talent, a tip that will shift your perspective about teaching, the three D's you need to remember when starting out something new, pros and cons of having your works displayed in a museum or a gallery, and why perspective is an important element in art. If you want to be part of the conversation, then send in your questions and topics you want us to cover to hello at etrolab.com. Hey, this is Jesse from Etcher. We believe in your power to create, so we invited artists from all around the globe to inspire you to keep on creating. Join us in this journey and let's celebrate creativity. This is Make More Art, the podcast. I thank you for um, having me do this. I'm I'm mm -hmm. I'm very thrilled to be here, and Etcher is is wonderful um, to do this. But um, let's see my journey. Um, it is a journey, you know, I, I, I think people use that word a lot, but it really does um, pertain to art quite a bit because you're, you're, it's never ending. Mm. Um, you're always striving. Um, that's what's so wonderful um, about art. But um, I think people have a uh, misconception that people are born with a talent uh, to do art. And I really uh, disagree. Um, that is not the case. You just have to, you have to have the desire to do it and the drive to do it. And you can learn, you can definitely learn. And that has been my case. Um, I'm, uh, I'm a dyslectic. So I grew up um, really wanting to do well. And art was always there, always mm -hmm. there for me. I feel like that that was a even playing field for me. Uh -huh. And I was able to, the harder I worked, the better I got. Um, but with going through school, that wasn't always the case. Mm -hmm. You know, I always thought I have to look around the room and whoever's sitting to the right of me, to the left of me, I have to work twice as hard as they do to get the same. But in art, that's not the way it was. And I think that that's why I gravitated towards, um, towards art. And then meeting such wonderful people. I mean, art brings, brings us together. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Thank you, Tina. And I, I'm also interested because you mentioned that art has always been there for you. I mean, you knew at a young age that it's, art is something that you really want to do. Do you have any influences within your family as well? In my family, um, I would say that uh, my mom encouraged me a, a lot. That's great. Yeah. Um, uh, just getting me materials and, you know, those, those drawing books that would tell you step by step. And, and then also uh, encouraging me to show my art. I think that that's what a lot of people um, don't do, that they don't share it. And um, I recommend to share it. It should be shared. 
but then I do understand that there's some things that, you know, are close to heart and you want to keep that to yourself, but um, I believe it should be shared. So I would say that probably the sharing bit, and it was a something that I felt like I could talk about. That's very encouraging. I'm sure a lot of people who are listening to the podcast, because most of the, it's a common dilemma, I think, as a kid, of course, everyone drew as a kid, you know, encouraged, but as you grow older, people have this mindset that, okay, art should be a hobby, not a career. Right. And I really love that point you made that your mom encouraged you, that she provided a space where you can really show and share your art. And I hope everyone would do that, like that you said. I know. Yeah. I know. And then when it came to time for me to uh, figure out what I wanted to do after high school, um, I did want to be an art teacher is what I wanted to do. And um, uh, my dad said, no, you, you can't do that. Your uh, jobs are hard to get. You need to do something else. And so that's when um, I actually researched and saw, oh, there's industrial design, which has art as a background. And there are things out there um, that you can get an education and use your creativity and and do it and it's not a hobby. I agree, Tina. And you touch on creativity, that it's out there. And sometimes people are so fixated and that in order for you to create it, you have to do something that's art related, when in fact, creativity is in everything that we do. So take me through the journey of, you said you always, you've always wanted to be an art teacher. Mm-hmm. And I think I may have read something that you did teach art. Can you take us through that story, please? Yes. Um, I went to Ohio State University and got a, a degree in industrial design and worked in that field for, oh, um, residential and commercial for about eight years. And then life happened and um, had kids. And it was just hard to keep up with because it's a very fast paced business. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was fortunate enough to be able to stay home um, with my kids. And um, that worked for my family. And I, um, but I could not keep from being creative and doing things. So um, I did stuff with my kids. I mean, we would be painting out in the yard and doing all kinds all kind of stuff. Um, Instead of buying a dollhouse, we'd be making stuff out of cardboard boxes and and making furniture and and doing things like that. And so I just kept um, doing this and then getting involved in their schools. And I was involved in um, my son's preschool. And then they called me and asked me to teach preschool. (laughs) I am not a teacher. It sounds like a lot of fun, but I'm not a teacher. And so, um, so I did it. I, I did it for uh, while my daughter was, uh, was in preschool and I did it for uh, three years and then we ended up moving. And, um, but, you know, that was kind of a little tidbit that um, I was able to teach these young kids and it was amazing um, teaching them. I had 
um, one of the, one of the four year olds came up to me. She did a, a piece and we were splattering paint and she was just shaking. And she says, Oh my gosh, this looks like it belongs in a museum. Oh, wow. <laughs> that was, a, that, that's one of the purest moments I would assume. Right. Right. So, so I had that experience. And then as my kids, um, got older, um, I thought, you know, I have these drawing skills and I would like to share them. So I started uh, just teaching a, a drawing class and that's what started the whole thing. Amazing. And now I have yeah. seven to eight, uh, seven to 10 classes weekly and yeah, just love it. Just love it. It's, in, it's, it's always been in your heart to teach and that, yeah. that opportunity to teach preschool was like a, the springboard the kickstarter that's right. that's right and it was so funny because when she asked me to do it she says you know this is going to change your life and she says, you got to do this with us first of all i would trade places with your kids to be in a household where my mom would really encourage me to paint i think we need more of that especially right now that a lot of like yeah. families are in you know confined in their houses and instead of yeah since I don't have a teaching degree, um, I just reached out to the homeschool community uh -huh. and, and I was, uh, teaching kids. I've been doing that forever. I'm still, I'm still doing that. So, um, yes. And then, and then of course the adults that, that just trickled in at the, at the same time. So, um, yeah. So when I say all ages, I mean, all ages, <laughs> If, if anyone is watching this, the, the video format of this interview, you can really see the joy in your eyes as you talk about teaching. And uh, I, I will always say, because I have friends who are teachers as well, that it's a very noble job. It takes patience and a different gift, kind of gift to be able to impart and like knowledge transfer and to have that patience. It takes a lot of generosity, I would say as well. To be able to really teach. Yeah, and it, it really makes you um, think outside the box mm -hmm. when you're teaching too. And then also, I know that it's made me actually realize how I do things oh. because they ask questions. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, I think we do things um, uh, just by automatic, you know, mm -hmm. uh, with how we hold uh, the brush or the pencil or, you know, what type of touch are you using? You know, and these are such important questions, but, but, and then it made me think, oh, how am I doing that? And then also when I would see somebody struggling, it made me have to think outside the box on how do I, how do I help them? And I think that that helps a lot with our own. So I do recommend it to anybody um, to teach. You know, if you learn something, teach it. You will learn so much more. I mean, I think I've learned more from my students than my students have learned from me because of, of that. It's interesting. That is a common like statement that I would hear from, from teachers. Like I have friends who are teachers that they, are learning more from, from the students. And I think it's because of what you said that you get to think out of the box right. uh, instead of like the structured way of, okay, this is like what you said, the example of just 
you know, what type of brushes to use, what colors to use, but it's the process and the, you know, how do you do it? That would really make you think that, okay, how am I gonna be able to teach this in a way that they, the students will really understand and grasp what it is that I'm trying to teach. So teaching is, is really in your heart. Um, yeah. So take me through, cause I, I'm looking at your, on your website and wow, Talk about exhibits. <laughs> I was just going through the list and wow, this lady is for those milestones that you have achieved as an artist. How does that change your perspective about art itself as a profession? Um, a lot. Um, when I think of myself, I think of myself more educator than an artist mm -hmm. um i don't know if it's because you know it took years for me to be able to say yes i'm an artist you know i mean because there's there's nothing there's not like a test you can take uh <laughs> that'll say you passed yes 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 <laughs> you not like a certification that, okay that. yeah that you're yeah, at. put that stamp of approval. You you don't. So I think we have a hard time um, saying that. At least I had a really hard time saying that. And um, and I had to be very very much encouraged to uh, to actually get into uh, to apply to exhibits and to get into shows and stuff like that. You know, I was told, oh, you've got to, you got to show this, you got to go, you got to. And I was I did like the opposite of what people normally do they normally exhibit first and then they get a following and then they start teaching yes i thought first it did the reverse <laughs> and then, right 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 so then i started exhibiting and it was fun because i got to meet um mm -hmm. other artists and um and to see your work displayed with other artists that you uh, that that you actually are honored to to be there and um so that's a lot of fun but there is a bad side too interesting because <laughs> because you know these are jurid exhibits so you can be denied oh. you know that you don't get into this exhibit so you 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 um, send your work, a digital of your work, and then um, a juror will look at it. And they're looking at, depending on what, it could be thousands, it could be hundreds. Mm -hmm. And they're just looking through the computer and they're picking stuff. And then they might pick um, like 50 to 60 pieces to, to actually be in the exhibit. So you can be denied. You're not accepted in this exhibit. So you get in your head, oh, this is a terrible piece. It's one person's view. And they saw how many, how many pieces. So um, that could be discouraging. So I, you got to be careful. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing is when I first started, you know, just to get accepted, you know, was you were so happy mm -hmm. that you're accepted. Well, then there's another tier. Oh. Or you get awards. Oh yeah. Okay. 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 So let's say you go 
all this time and you're accepted in every show. Okay, so you're accepted, but no awards. What's going on? Why? What is what's going on? So that's the bad part of of doing shows. Yeah. Thank so you, you don't paint and then don't paint for shows. <laughs> don't say I, I'm doing this just because that'll always be a disaster for at least for me. You know, it, it just doesn't work. I just need to paint for my heart and just put it out there. And if people like it, they like it. And if they don't, they don't. Thank you for sharing that part, Tina. I, I've always wanted to work in a museum, whether as a curator or like an art manager. And I even volunteered to be in a museum because I'm, I'm, I'm amazed of how they, you know, gather all of these artists to paint. And I remember having, uh, interviewing someone um, who's also a published writer, a published author, and um, she talked about how certain decisions are made by corporations like museum hosts about the type of painting that you should be doing. Have you ever had an experience as well, and how did you handle that? Yes, um, uh, where you have parameters that you need mm -hmm. to. I was um, commissioned to do a portrait of I don't I don't know if you know the story about Rosie the Riveter in World War II uh women went to work um uh, actually in the plants to, to build planes yes yes yeah okay okay so Rosie the Riveter so here in Michigan and Ypsilanti where I am there was a there uh there was a big plant here mm -hmm. um where the Rosies worked and I was asked to do a portrait of one of the Rosies that was still alive. Okay. And, you know, at first I was so honored to do it. <laughs> this is great. This is, this is great. I want to do this. Yeah. Well, they wanted the, they wanted it to say so much. They wanted it to, um, uh, feature the, the plant. Uh, where she built these planes and then feature her now and her then. Okay, so can you imagine what this painting would have to look like? So that was hard. I had to figure out what to do. So, um, so as I was doing some sketching and stuff, I thought, you know, what really this is, is like a movie uh, billboard. Right. You know how they have the movie billboards where they have like a I, I, I was thinking of I, I can't remember the movie, but where there was a plane in the background and it's kind of fuzzy in the background. And then the, and and then the people. Um, so that's uh, that's what I was thinking. So that was very hard. That's a lot harder than, you know, finding something that I want to do and I have it in my head and put it put it down. But, yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Uh, yeah, that, that that's yeah, that's hard. I would I would I can imagine how how difficult. Yeah, and doing portraits of people, it's really hard to you know because they're real critical of themselves, and, <laughs> and it's yeah. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that bit, uh, Tina, and uh, that other side of the exhibit. Because I, I brought in that question because as an for, for for most artists, at least in speaking in general, that. Having your works exhibited in a gallery would be a major milestone. But of course, there are, like what you said, the pros and cons of doing that. So thank you for sharing a bit more about that. Yeah, I 
I tell my students that you have to have the three D's. Okay, now what are those three D's? Okay, so you have to have the desire. And so they have the desire, they're sitting here with me taking a class, so that's desire. They have to have the determination. In other words, you know, oh, I didn't get it this time, but I'm going to get it next time. And I'm going to really work at it. And then dedication, where you set that time aside for yourself. So, you know, it could be 10 minutes, mm-hmm. it could be 10 minutes a day, or which hopefully once you sit down, it ends up being two hours. But, um, Lost in the, yeah. The, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So the three Ds that you mentioned, I think those are really good. Those are really good. Those are golden nuggets, definitely. Um, when you talk about determination and dedication, so first the desire you said, and then the dedication and um, the determination and dedication. It's a common like misconception that you know when you, t- you started something and you feel, especially with watercolor, people it, it goes through what I would normally hear is an ugly face. They call it an ugly face. Because sometimes when people make art, they have this mindset that okay, this is what I would want. So as when I'm doing that, it should shape like what I would, that, you know, I envision it to be. What is your take on that? Watercolor having an ugly face. Right? Oh, it, it does. It does. Matter of fact, that's that's why I like to have um, mixed media because you can, if it gives you freedom to kind of just do what you want. And then you can say, oh, I'll fix that later. I can put some color pencil there or something there and I'll fix that later. And it kind of gives you that freedom to, to do that. I, um, when I was learning to do portraits, that was probably the last thing that I, I learned to draw was actually portraits because it's hard. It's, it's the hardest, hardest thing. It's got to be perfect. And so I was working really hard, had that determination and dedication um, that I'm going to do this. And um, so I was working really hard on portraits. And then I, I scheduled a, a plein air um, workshop for me to teach uh, doing watercolor. Well, I was working so much with graphite and so tight I had to stay up until like three o'clock in the morning painting and watercolor to get me ready for that workshop because I, my mind was just so tight. And so, you know, I, I couldn't paint a tree worth anything. So I was painting and painting and painting and painting and finally got loose enough that I was able to do this. Well, my trash can was just stacked full of paintings that were, that I just, you know, through what or throwing away. And I got up the next morning and I'm looking at them and I'm thinking, you know, if I added ink to that, that would just spice that up. And you know, every single one of those that I took out of the trash can, I sold with ink on them. Right. Yeah. So that is another tip. Do not bin your sketches. Yeah. So so they were at that ugly stage hmm. and I was able to, and I chose, I mean, it doesn't have to be ink. I could have used um, watercolor to do it, but it's whatever you can put in your hand mm-hmm. that'll keep, keep that creative 
mind working and making those marks that you need to make. I'm loving this interview too because I'm getting a lot oh, of all the nuggets and I'm sure our listeners are too, especially that part. That's a really good story. And it, it provided us lessons like about watercolor going through an ugly stage. And maybe not just watercolor, about any type of artwork that you just have to stay with it. Like I just said, dedication. And additional um, lesson from that story is that do not throw away your <laughs> own them, yeah. pick them up and then look at them again and it might surprise you and like what happened to you. Right, right. Going back quickly to your subjects, um, which one would is I, I would I don't want to want you to pick favorites, but I'm gonna ask go ahead and ask the question if you are to pick just one type of subject to paint, what will it be and why? You know, I, yeah, and uh, Etcher sent me that uh, when I was writing, uh, and I thought about it, and of course, my first thing was, oh, I paint nature because I I like um, the organic shapes and the patterns and and all that. But then I really thought about it. And I thought, no, what I really like to paint is light. How the light travels through, how the light hits something. So that opens up that whole gamut of what are you painting? Are you painting? I mean, um, I feel like I, I can find a beauty in a mud puddle where I'm, I'm looking at maybe the, the way there's some bubbles or something in the light. It's the light. It's how the light is hitting whatever it is. The light coming. I think that's why we like um, um, to walk in the woods for, you know, it's the way the light's coming through that we love. Right. Um, sunsets. Yes. I, you know, who doesn't love a sunset, right? It's light. It's it's how the light is uh, with the color. Um, you know, black and white drawings are fabulous. Uh, uh, charcoal, uh, graphite pencil, whatever. What are you doing? You're rendering the light. So I, I think I'm going to have to say that. Love it. I, I hope that makes sense. <laughs> Makes sense because I was when I was looking at your artworks and I, I specifically dwell so much on your landscapes. It's one thing that that stood out: the light, the way you paint, the how the light. Um, it, especially in the there was this painting of winter, and then because um, most of this like beside the stream and then trees, and you can really see how the light are going through trees in between the trees and touching the water. This is amazing. So I think, yeah. Oh, thanks. I, I feel like I haven't mastered it yet. I mean, it's always changed. This is how we see form. Um, my class, we're, uh, we're working on um, painting pears right now. And pears are so wonderful to paint because they have such, you know, an organic uh, such shape to them. And they have these complex curves. So, you know, you have to to be able to get that form so that they look like they're three-dimensional, you have to paint the shadows and, and the highlights correctly on that surface to get them. So it's a lot of study. You have to study it. 
Make More Art, the podcast, is made possible by listeners like you. So we would like to give a shout out to Micro Realist Studio from YouTube. She said, Thank you, Etcher Lab, for sharing. I'm also into watercolor portraits, and this is really informative. Make sure you never miss an episode by clicking the subscribe button now. Thank you for your support. Now back to the show. Now, a lot of our listeners are beginners and hobbyists, and especially now that we're a lot of most countries are still in lockdown. And I've seen an increase, really. I've read somewhere of a lot of people venturing and starting making art. As a teacher, as an educator and an artist, if there are pieces of advice that you would want to give to someone who's starting out in any type of media or say just a watercolor, what would they be? Aside from the tweeties that you mentioned, um, are there any other like golden nuggets or pieces of wisdom that you would yeah. share with someone who's starting out? Uh, uh, first thing is um, taking it at your class. <laughs> <laughs> Getting familiar. Yes. <laughs> you know, uh, re- Research a, a class or something that is um, something that you enjoy. You you like looking at uh, at their work. Mm. Um, you need to kind of um, uh, be able to have this relationship with your instructor. You know that you understand where they're coming from and what you're doing. Um, not every artist is the best instructor. So, which, yeah, and not every instructor is the best artist. So you got to kind of find somebody that's, that's, that's in there for you. Um, with watercolor, number one thing is materials. I think um, uh, you have to have good paper. I really do recommend uh, having uh, 100% cotton paper. Uh, the Etcher's Perfect Sketchbooks. I love the paper that you have in there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that is really, really good paper, and it's it's worth it to get good paper. Um, I do a lot of my stuff on Birch's um, paper, mm-hmm. but paper is number one because um, they're using water. So if you use notebook paper, I've tried that before. <laughs> you know what happens? You're, it's not made. Yes. Yeah. So, so I would say that is, is number one. And then, um, uh, and then of course the next thing is going to be your paint. Um, so your equipment needs to grow with you. I would say, Mm -hmm. um, I would start with the good paper though. Mm Um, I, I don't know if I, did I kind of answer that educate yourself yourself um yeah i know i do uh i caution i caution you to um if you're researching through youtube and you go through youtube you know a lot of times they don't show you everything and it looks like they're just coming up with this absolutely wonderful thing all at once you don't see the drying time between you know, you, you see the edited version of that than taking actual class and experiencing that. 
Thanks for highlighting that, um, Tina. I think you made a really good point about researching from YouTube. Well, of course, um, taking a class, but uh, sure, um, and then having the right materials. But you're absolutely right as, as finding the, the right teacher for you, instructor for you. Because I did that on YouTube and I got so frustrated because I think I followed everything. And yet, I could, yeah. So, no. Um, thank you for, sh for sharing those tips. Uh, I'm sure a lot of um, our listeners who are hobbies and beers and beginners, um, some of those items that you mentioned uh, are, are overlooked sometimes, especially, you know, trying to find an instructor which will really be there for you and will provide you the guidance that you need for you to level up or to guide you through the process of maybe, like, say, watercolor. Now, Tina, I do have a final uh, one more question for you. And this is something that just came to me last night that I haven't really asked anyone from, from the people that I've okay. I just thought it, it's a good question to ask because people have different interpretation of, as to what art is. What is art? Right? It's, 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 it's a simple question, but I myself, when, when I ask that question, I have probably have a different answer that my, the other people might, you know, may not see. Right. But I would like to hear from Tina Hotchkiss, what art is for you? Um, art for me is my voice. Okay. So it's me telling a story or me um, showing you what I want you to see. So um, I'm not a realistic painter. I don't paint exactly what I see. I paint how I feel about what I see. Um, so I am not uh, real concerned that the colors exactly match or um, I might place something in a different place because I, because I think it would look better here. So I'm actually telling a story with my art. So if, if you look at my piece and it makes you think, Mm -hmm. I've done my job because I think that doesn't mean that you have to like it because not everybody has to like my, like your stuff. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, I've won more awards with things that have that some people didn't like, but some people liked it's because it was different. So if you have a different voice than somebody else does, that's, that's fantastic. If you set, if your stuff is different, I am not in the, you know, where, oh, we're painting this today. This is what we're painting. Mm -mm. Now it's gotta be your voice. So that's art. So no matter if it's three dimensional, mm -hmm. if it's music, you know, you're, if you make people think, that's art. Thank you. Yeah. And mm -hmm. to your point earlier that uh, it's about sharing and you yes. hearing your voice and yeah. you will see it, hear it. And yeah, if it, if it makes them think, then that is definitely a job well done for you as an artist. Right. Because what, what I say is what I want to accomplish is if I have my piece hanging up with a lot of other artwork. I, I you go in and you 
you know, you've done it. You kind of scan the room and maybe something will catch your eye. So it's from a distance. Mm-hmm. Somebody's catch you, you caught their eye and then they come up close to it. And you want to give them something else too when they come up close. And then they move on. But then you want them to come back and take another look at yours. So that is when I feel like I've done what I needed to do is if you come back. Thank you. So the such a such a great interview and I, I've learned so much. I get it's a privilege to have you on and we're so glad that you're with Etcher, that you're teaching with us. And I'm oh, sure you. you know excited to learn more from you, um, Tina. And um, they're researching more about you. I'm sure they're looking for you on socials, but if you want to check out Tina, you can go to her, to her website. I'm gonna add that into the description box. Tina, thank you so much for um, taking the time to chat with me. It's been fun. I really feel like we're in a cafe, you know, talking about art. I really enjoyed oh, yeah. yeah, the past hour. And I'm sure the people you are listening to this episode, I'm sure you enjoyed it as a, a lot, as much as I did. So thank you, Tina, for sharing your process, your gift, your art with us, um, and those tips and tricks and golden nuggets. Oh, yeah. oh you're welcome. You're, you're so welcome. I just... Yeah, I, I just feel like I, I don't know if I shared enough with you or, you know, I, I just want everybody to enjoy, enjoy this process as much as I do. You know, I, I, I want to share this joy because um, we need it. Everybody needs it in their life. They need something like this. More than ever. Thank you. More than ever. Yeah. Yeah. Us, make more art and look forward to more of your works in your classes so please do check out tina's artforums.com is her website so do check out her works um her classes the links for the extra uh, recordings are also on there so do check out her website thank you so much oh, thank you. Uh, please stay safe thank you so much yeah take care of yourself i'll speak to you again soon yeah. bye bye Chatting with Tina shifted my perspective on a lot of things, mainly on the aspect of teaching, displaying your works in a gallery, and owning your voice, your story about anything that you create, then extending that to others so they too will experience the joy of that journey. What have you been creating lately? Have you had the opportunity to share with others too? Do let us know by adding a comment to the blog post associated with this podcast at etrolab.com slash Tina. Want to know what goes behind the scenes here at Etcher? We heard ya. We are lifting the curtain and giving you VIP access to do just that. Get to know who does what here at Etcher Lab. Joining me for the Etcher Team Spotlight is Rachel Nisma. She is a studio admin and you might probably have seen her emails. And um, just a little fun fact about Rachel is that she loves coffee. I'm sure everyone does. She's into music. And she is into journaling. So please welcome to Make More Art the Podcast, Rachel. Hi, Rach. Yay. Hi, Jesse. Actually, just to add on the bio that you mentioned, yeah. I love coffee, but I only started loving it maybe during the start of the pandemic. Because really? before that, I really hated coffee. Like I hate 
I hate having having it a very bitter taste and then the others would have a very sweet taste. So that's why I would always prefer teas and juices before. But now, surprisingly, I love black coffee. <laughs> oh my gosh, you just betrayed the tea community. Yeah. <laughs> person. How long have you been doing what you do in Etra? And tell us about what a studio admin would do. Yeah, um, I've been doing admin work since November of last year. So Etcher Studio was still a bit new back then. And being one of the new admins back then, it was very overwhelming because it's very different from what I work from. And what I usually uh, started doing first at Etcher Studio is I used to scout all the artists that we would have for the demos, for the mini workshops. And then I also did answer a few customer emails. So if you receive really? a few emails from me back then, okay. it was me. <laughs> I was there to help you along the way with every recordings, every PDFs that you had. I was there at every step. So yeah, that was all the things that I used to do before. But now I'm currently handling the beginner series along mm-hmm. with other admins and also all the recordings that we, that we roll up at Etcher. Mm-hmm. So yeah, those are the two main things that I'm currently working on. So right now, the, the, the job scope or your job scope responsibility is mainly studio admin. But you also did mention something about the beginner series, which probably a lot of your listeners are interested to know about. So the beginner series is a course where we invite our artists to to just explain all the medium and subject that they specialize in. So this is a more in-depth course, especially for beginners like me. So if you don't have any idea what a specific brush is for or even the name of the paint or even like vanishing points, looking at the subjects at a different angle. So this beginner series tackles all of that. And you will definitely get a chance to ask questions to the artists themselves. And after that, you can, you know, join their master classes where you can really interact with them and maybe get a few notes from, from them. You get to critique your work. So yeah, That's basically awesome. that. So this is a, a project of Etra Studio and it's the studio admin or you yourself who is spearheading it? Um, I'm spearheading the beginner series, but I also get help from the other admins who I'm very thankful for because I would probably be crying on the corner if I were to do this all on my own. (laughs) You guys are very tight-knit. That's what I've noticed. And as a studio host, I used to host, we work hand-in-hand with your team and you guys have been very, very supportive. So you mentioned that you were hired last year in November and... uh, how long, how did you end up working? Uh, yeah, um, that is actually quite a funny story because I was working at another job back then as an online English teacher and that job was not really working well 
anymore in terms of management and salary. So I stepped ahead with that thought and just started looking for other jobs online. So that's when I saw Etcher like post up like a job, like a job posting online. So yeah, so I just apply. <laughs> I just applied and thankfully there were they were the few like companies who responded because during that time not a lot of companies yeah. really responded to you know to my application and another thing is when i when i was like accepted for an interview i remember just praying so hard the day before that like please let this be the job for me oh. i really need it i'm about to quit my job so <laughs> I need like a backup ASAP. <laughs> so thankfully, oh, yeah. so thankfully I got accepted and here I am now. <laughs> Months later and here we are yeah. now. I, I was also in the same position as you were. So really Esher will we will come to a point in our lives. I think that's a common story. One last question before um I let you go, Rachel. What is the best thing about working for Esher? I think just being surrounded by these amazing artists and art and also with this amazing team because I because I'm not really a very artistic person like I can paint anything I can only draw <laughs> stick people but I'm but I'm always fascinated by art like um, I have a lot of paintings here right now in my room and just you know, knowing that I also work for a company that, you know, that does the same thing that I love. I mean, I think it makes the stress more worth it. And at the same time, being surrounded by an amazing and very supportive team, it makes all the stress just really worth it at the end. So, yeah. Very well said. Thank you so much, Rachel, for being part of the podcast. And it's amazing to finally see your face, like what I said with Jason the last time I interviewed Yes. But yeah, working remotely <laughs> has its pros and cons. It's good to really meet you, e-meet you through this interview. So thank you so <laughs> much, um, Rachel. And I appreciate everything that you're doing, especially for the host, like myself. And um, all the best with the beginner series. Thanks, Rachel. Thank you as well, Jesse. Bye, thank you. We would love to hear your thoughts, so please drop us a five-star review on the Apple Podcast where you can find us on YouTube at Etra Studio. And, oh, hitting the subscribe button is greatly appreciated. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll catch you again next time. Until then, let's make more art.